Welcome listeners to the 21st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhards. With me today are powerful wizards Robinson Sien and Christopher Wikström. The warmest of welcome to you, dear listeners. Hello, friends. Hello. I'm getting real warm right now. I, I told the guys, wait up. I'll be a few minutes late. I need to like get this hot shock going. And then they started calling me a kid. And here we are. Warm welcome. Yeah, I'm the adult in the room getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow to uh, go to the gym before, you know, starting the day as a parent and a working adult. No drink. I have water responsibly drinking here. I drink coffee. And we're recording this at 9 p.m. on Wednesday night. So that's brave of you, Robin. Uh, Stockholm Legacy Report can be found every week on the Top Decked app. In today's episode, we will talk about paper legacy played in the flesh and look towards some very interesting events, including talking about our decks for the upcoming Swedish Legacy Nationals. As listeners of the last couple of weeks will know, Paper Legacy at a local game store has opened up in Stockholm. Thursday Legacy at Alpha Spale is the way to go. Harking back to what you just discussed about drinks and stuff, myself and Robin, we were adulting uh, the first week of this, so we couldn't make it down to the store. Kids are being ill and work needs to be done and so on and so forth. Christopher, however, the kid of our crew, you were at this first Paper Legacy event. Tell us what went down. Hell yeah. So it was kind of the premiere opening of the, uh, you know, getting the Stockholm Legacy crew together. And uh, it was it was a really great. Uh, we were a smaller group than we used to be at the old local game store. But I think it's both due to maybe not having the, the reach that we might have thought about. But also uh, some people might still uh, be a bit, you know, insecure about going to paper play but it was it was really spacious and uh, i think it it was really nice and i think around 14 players or so showed up i saw a lot of blue red delver in the room big surprise but uh, yeah i think the second most played deck was aluren which uh, was a lot of fun with a whopping two copies (laughs) and that my it was it was really great so we had like a, a four round swiss and uh, it was just great seeing a lot of friends again that you know have not been joined joining us on the discord uh, weeklies so four rounds with the first round i played against blue red delver and i played a uh, more hateful uh, alluring list than i usually do i usually sleeve up uh, maybe a bit more combo centric or value centric but i decided to you know not go for living wishes and uh, not go for you know shardless agents and stuff like that and i just put bug hate cards in the deck you know i put some hull breachers in there like two in the main and two endurances so i i wanted to utilize you know the birds of paradises getting quick mana getting to free mana really quick and just being able to you know throw an endurance or an hull breacher end of turn on turn two can be really scary for a lot of decks first round blue red uh, like blue red delver i lose game one uh, I got Ragavand pretty hard, and uh, yeah, that can happen. It's it's not the end of the world because the sideboard plan that I had was extremely good against specifically Delver. So I boarded out my Aluren, I boarded out my combo cards, and I just boarded in Leovols, 
two more endurance. I had four in the main. I boarded in, you know, two or three plague engineers, uh, which was really nasty. I got to, you know, I, I also boarded in brazen borrowers. I got to bounce a flip delver, and then my opponent proceeded to playing two out, and I just jammed an, an engineer and was like, oh, guess wow, what it's 30. naming? Wizard or human? Um, so yeah, I, I won both of the sideboarded games because my deck was just built to kill uh, Delver after board. But it's still scary, you know. There are some really scary cards in that deck. Uh, sure, I have Icefang Quattles and uh, stuff like that to deal with the Merktide. But it's you never feel secure. Like one bolt can mean mm. eight damage or more, uh, which is really scary. <laughs> um, so yeah, <clears throat> then round two, I play the Mirror <laughs> and... Uh, I have. This is so strange. Yeah, I have a lot of. In round two, I play <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Alluren Mirror in a 15 player tournament. Sure. Fine. At 1 0. <laughs> yeah, and it was like. Um, it was super, super sweet. My opponent, like, uh, he's a good friend. He plays a lot of legacy and old school and stuff like that. And he has, like, a, a really pretty deck. Like, his lands are all, you know, black border, sick, and stuff like that. So he played uh, Alluren. And I haven't really seen him on that deck before, but I've seen him on a lot of uh, green decks. Uh, he was really into Most uh, for a time. And uh, yeah, it's just always fun to you know uh, talk to him and, and play whatever decks he's bringing. So he played Alloran with Living Wish, uh, the 60 card version. And it was extremely fun because, you know, game one, we had a, a pretty tight game. I got to get a pretty early Hull Breacher out when he landed, like he stuck a Sylvan Library, which uh, I haven't played in the deck for a while, but it's still a good card. But then he kind of felt like he had to go for it, the combo. So then when he resolved his Alluren, I just mm. killed him with my combo <laughs> um, because it's symmetrical. And then post sideboard, uh, you know, I've played a lot of Alluren and that means some, some mirrors as well. So I just boarded all of my Alluren out and uh, just sat there knowing that with a with pretty good possibility he's gonna keep his and if not i'm still on this kind of hate hate-ish build today so i think that i'm gonna pull ahead anyways and uh, he kept his in and the kind of same scenario happened i'm beating him down with a quattel a hull breacher and uh, an endurance and he has to go for a Luren. He plays a Sarak, I decay it with the trigger on the stack, and then I just play my own. He decays that, I endurance myself, play Uro oh. and draw the deck with Harpy. <laughs> so it's, it's just like uh, super rough. I told him afterwards, like, yeah, the tech in the mirror is boarding out the, the Alurans. But I think like if you're on the Living Wish plan, you might not really have the same avenue. Yeah, because your that. deck is, is worse without Aluren, right? Yeah, and I've... I think you become a clunkier deck, kind of. Also against you, who sort of, if you take out the Alurans in your deck, but they get to keep yours, you have at least four additional sort of Aluran-enabled cards that you can sit on in their hands. If you both sit and say five cards, they resolve Aluran, you have five potentially things in your hand against their four. Yeah, yeah. And also sort of in, in the stack interaction, you probably sort of benefit from them being in their main phase uh, when all that happens. Yeah, and I think like just just being on a build that had more efficient threats, the burden was on my yeah. opponent to make a play. And when that happens, you know, having a card like a Serac in the uh, 
in the card pool really makes things weird and uh, because he can if he starts digging and i have the serac yeah. i can just win <laughs> And it's uh, it's just like a really funky matchup. So yeah, I'm I'm 2-0 at this time, and I'm feeling really good. And uh, then I get jundered really bad, and I actually lose 1-2. So game one, you know, I talked about this uh, last week. You know, how do you identify what deck your opponent is on uh, based on things they're doing and my opponent goes turn one badlands and i'm like oh shit (laughs) it's it's reanimator and then he thought sees me and i'm like okay maybe it's a slow reanimator start then it goes turn two grove dark confidant and i'm like oh shit it's jund but i'm pretty good against jund i lose game one and i combo in game two and game three i get i get choked but I get to decay a Plague Engineer, which was an insect, and I had a Grist, so I started, you know, instead of uh, killing the Shoke, which only, uh, like, tapped one island, I got to kill the Plague Engineer, and starting pumping up insects, because he had two Dark Confidants in play, and was starting to get low on life. But eventually, he found a Decay for Grist, and on around turn... 15, 16, 18, you know, really far in the game. I had still only found three lands in the entire game, which was kind of rough. So, yeah, uh, eventually he killed me with one life and two bobs. What's what's the kind of threat suit for uh, Jund in 2021? Ragavan. So he played four Ragavan, four Dark Confidant, uh, maybe three Tarmogoyf. He played some Liliana of the Veil, Punishing Fires... And uh, Bloodbreed Elf. So those were the cards that I saw. Wow. But yeah, Ragavan is so annoying in Jund. It's kind of like the Shekpile effect. When I, I, I tried uh, Ragavan in Shekpile. And you know, it's just nasty. Because if you don't kill it, it's just going to become this huge headache. So yeah, I got Junded. Felt pretty bad. But still pretty good seeing Jund in 2021. When was the last time you two saw Jund? Uh, I played against Jund as... Black Red Reanimator, and this was just after the London Mulligan had been come into place. So I, I win the die roll, go to six, go to five, go to four, and then I go Chancellor Reveal, Faithless Looting, Lotus Petal, Dark Ritual, <laughs> Exhume, <laughs> draw seven, draw another seven, unmask, and then he scoops. <laughs> so he got to watch me shuffle my deck a bunch of times and then scoop before showing me any cards. And then he won the second match because he had a uh, turn one double uh, ley line and then I won game three. That's magic. But uh, it's quite interesting. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, uh, a Jund-ish deck, a new iteration of Four Color Loam uh, won the challenge lately. So maybe it's a, a new spring for non-blue mid-range where, featuring Ragavan. Yeah, I think Ragavan is uh, a very, you know, there's this there's this good meme like uh, I I don't win with Deathrite, I win with Germagangler, and that's kind of like the Jund deck. But I don't win with Ragavan, I win with the Dark Confidant and Bloodbraid Elf and cards like that. And you're like, yeah, you're like, sure, yeah, <laughs> but I have to answer this stupid monkey. <laughs> But yeah, it was great seeing seeing Jund again. Although I didn't draw that many lands, it was still, you know, down to the bob flips on the last turn. And uh, 
yeah, the card that he drawn drew naturally. Um, so he, he revealed a Punishing Fire and a Lightning Bolt. And the card that he drew for the turn was a Bloodbraid Elf. So I was kind of close on getting there. Well fought if you stuck out for 15, wow. 16 rounds against a Cascade deck that draws more cards than you. Yeah, and you still sort of almost got there. I think you must have played well. Yeah, with Freelance... I played extremely turtleback, you know, the turtleback style. You're just fighting for your life, uh, <laughs> hanging on to your life, but doing the best you can. The last round, I played against uh, Mono Red Painter. And, uh, th- like, this is a deck that's near and dear to my heart. Game one was extremely close, but, uh, yeah, my opponent managed to get there. And game two, I kept a four-land hand with free spells. And... Uh, one brainstorm and seven draw steps later, I have seen one other spell. So I kind of died uh, on that one. It was a pretty anticlimactic way to end the evening with like the hardest flood I've seen <laughs> in such a long time. But you know, it happens. I was a bit salty because, you know, I was like, oh man, I wanted to go to game three. Like, the, the, it's a really fun matchup. I really think those decks can bash each other really hard. But if you like only see lands it's gonna be a pretty pretty boring game to to play out but uh, yeah so i ended 2-2 in general and uh, had a really good time like it was just so good seeing everybody again so that was my report yeah very cool i i i've been trying to collect a little bit of the meta game while i couldn't uh, join last thursday i will be playing from this thursday and on and uh, from what i've gathered it was three blue and red delver one epic storm one esper vile one food chain one death and taxes one jessica delver blade or maybe it was blue and uh, white Delver Blade, and then two Aluren, one Painter, and one Jund. Did you say green-white depths? No, I did not. No, we had a green-white depths play there as well. Okay, so maybe then we have all the decks. But I want to shout out to listeners, if you if you did play a deck that I didn't mention, or you faced a deck I didn't mention, please write in the Discord which deck were present, because I want to gather all of the data and get the meta game going for Stockholm. That would be really cool. That is just fantastic, Christopher. The texture of cards, the sound of shuffling, the audio quality of talking to people in the same room. Wow. (laughs) And uh, speaking of the fantastic thing that is live Paper Legacy, we would like to shout out the great event in Austria, Back to Magic 2022, because they have released a schedule. Uh, The event, as we know, is 25th to 27th February of 2022 for Legacy. Just, Just feel this. Day one, there is a legacy FNM, all right, so just sort of a, a tournament. Day two, there is the main event, of course, the Austrian Legacy Masters. There's going to be a flashback legacy in which I am likely to compete <laughs> if I go to this event. And then there, in the evening, there is a drink and draft, chaos draft. I can just imagine that involves getting stupendously drunk and chaos draft, which I also uh, look forward to partake in. And on day three, there is a legacy 1K. Uh, unless you are top 16 in the Austrian Legacy Masters. I mean, we just got to go to this event, right? 
Yeah, it sounds really sick. What a weekend. It's going to be a smash ball. Uh, of course, another event we are looking forward to attending is the Swedish Legacy Nationals. That's coming up on 5th to 7th of November. On the 5th, there is a Team Legacy tournament that will continue through the following day, which will feature Nationals. And then teams will gather additional points during individual play. And on the 3rd day, they will have the Team Finals. Of course, the main event is the Nationals on the 6th, which will be played uh, in its entirety on that day, on the Saturday. Uh, there's a bunch of other events as well. There's this big convention, uh, but the three of us are, of course, descending upon the city of Borås with legacy in mind. And on that note, more specifically, what do we have in mind? Robin, last you spoke of this, uh, you were leaning heavily towards playing lands in Borås. Is that still your choice, or do you have a backup deck you are looking at currently? Well, it's not completely written in stone but i'm i'm definitely leaning towards lands i i've been testing a little bit of shark still not really feeling that uh, control decks are so well positioned the threats are sort of better than the answers maybe bearing prismatic ending that is just a hell of a card but i feel like you are a little bit on the bat back foot if you're always trying to be uh, reactive as it is now. So uh, I'm leaning towards lands. It has been feeling good playing it. I think that I can have a decent Delver matchup and a decent control matchup and uh, I will have to work on the on the combo matchup which is of course the, the hardest part of playing lands. I'm debating whether I should uh, pre-board for Delver you know, I've been playing with uh, four Valkut Explorations, which are mainly there to beat up on control decks and uh, mid-range decks, and I would board it out against Delver, I would board it out against Combo. So there's an idea to not have it in the main deck at all, have it in the board, and maybe play the Endurances to up the, the game against Delver and Combo. So th that's where my thoughts are going, and then there's like a few of the slots in the sideboard that's not completely decided, but... Yeah, that's how my thoughts are going. Yeah, it sounds pretty pretty fun, like playing endurances in uh, in the main deck just to throw some people off, you know, going turn one exploration port or whatever, and then on your next turn you play two more lands and you don't port them. They're like, what's going on? And they just jam an endurance down the Delver player's throat. Yep. It feels like a very versatile creature in this current meta game. I mean, there are quite. Not too many matchups where an endurance on turn two is gonna be extremely bad. Like in in worst case scenario, it's a three four beater that is sort of a bit more difficult to take down with prismatic ending. I mean, why not? Yeah, I guess specifically against control decks, it's where it's worst, where it's just jumps into a, a baleful strix or ice fang quattle, but. Uh, against other decks, I, I think it's it's quite good, uh, and especially if Doomsday is the sort of uh, combo deck to beat. So I'm not really sure. I think I will keep keep an eye on the online meta and keep an eye on, of course, how the uh, how the Stockholm meta evolves, as well as keeping an eye on uh, any incoming Ragavan bans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Days bans or whatever is going to happen because they think I mean uh, Swedish nationals will happen two weeks before Eternal Weekend, and of course a lot of people are now speculating that there will be legacy shakeups before Eternal Weekend. So I guess that's just a matter of if those shakeups indeed are to come, when will they time with the Swedish nationals? But of course there is no way for us to prepare for that. So 
I think I, I said last time that I was probably playing lands anyway, but now that I've been thinking about it a little bit more, I think that I might consider playing Dark Depths if uh, Ragaman is, is banned. Right, well, in any case, I'll be looking forward to sitting next to you on that Friday uh, Legacy team when we start that shuffling and see what you actually brought to Borås. Christopher, how about you? Where are you on decks currently? Big shocker. I'm uh, so one of the decks that I'm thinking about is, uh, of course, the the deck that I play the most, uh, Aleran. But here's the twist: I'm thinking about maybe bumping up to 80 card Aleran with Yorion. Uh, uh, I've tried that a bit, and like Yorion does a lot in that deck. It's it, I think it's one of the decks that can really pull off the Yorion value train. I remember like in the beginning of the companion era when like pre the pre the oracle fix or like you had you having to pay free to get it to your hand first pre that i remember seeing you know snow control decks sometimes going up to 80 cards because they played you know uh, abundant groves and uh, Ar- arkham astrolabe and uh, just quattles and you know all of those good stuff i think that one of the things that makes this really interesting for uh, Aloran, and I think also what the Pit uh, second place player probably showed, is that if you have to go to Aloran as your win con in certain matchups, the opponent can be like they can prepare for it if it's in game two or three. But if you're spending a lot of time and mana on just playing. Uh, abundant groves, flashing in quattles and stuff like that, playing a value recruiter. Then suddenly when you pay free mana and get that Yorion, it's suddenly representing a lot of draw and tutor for five mana. And if they don't stop that, you have kind of won against the fair deck anyways. And that's that's what I really like. And I think that having the 80 card version, it's also pretty strong against uh, against the Ragavan decks because the Ragavan doesn't really get all that many good hits from this deck. It's playing like recruiters, which you know it can happen. It can be like maybe not what you want to spend your mana on. I imagine you know playing an expressive iteration or something like that is more value. But most importantly, you're playing four swords plowshares and four prismatic ending in the main. So this is just like a really removal-heavy uh, version of Aluren that it hasn't really had before. And so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about 80 card for Nationals or 60. And my other deck of choice is actually Doomsday. And I'm thinking about the the double Fessus Oracle builds that I've seen recently. And uh, I just think that it's such a, a mean, lean machine. And uh, I'm not sure if I have the reps for it. I'm, I, f- I think I played the, the deck quite good, but I do think that it's like inherently powerful and it can definitely do a lot of damage on any metagame. So those are my, my two picks for, for the meta, but I still haven't really decided. I have a question regarding the eight card, uh, Aloran. Is, is that a little bit of a similar sort of question that, that I have been thinking about regarding the Valkut explorations or the endurances? Or, or would you say that, uh, well, what I'm saying is is you, you obviously get a lot better against the control decks 
if you if you bring the AT card. But are you saying that you also are more favored against sort of Delver decks with the AT card version? And this is this is extremely weird, but I think so. And it's because you're less combo centric and more like because more value because oriented. there are eight removal spells in the deck uh, rather than yeah like what free decay and two two to free grist and you know if you have fetched your uh, basics you can play a quattle that might get bolted before blocks or something like that but just having four swords to play plowshares and four prismatic ending suddenly you're looking a lot like a bant miracles deck or like a band control deck but instead of playing terminus jace and stuff like that you're diluting your deck a bit with you know recruiters arctic merfolk and uh, you know the allurance but in compensation you get like this extremely heavy uh, late game wincom of yorion which uh, against a lot of decks i think when you get to the point of the match where the avenue is getting Yorion for the next turn, and uh, you know the card draws a lot of a lot of cards, like the the deck draws a lot of cards. If you need it to stick in certain situations, it will probably stick. So I I just think that uh, Alern has never really been super good against combo, and I think the type of combo that it's bad against is not really present right now in black red reanimator and ts it's not as prevalent as doomsday in in from from my experience but also you know this deck is playing a lift like a living wish package and if we're starting to see more car like decks like the 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 latest mono blue uh, artifact decks uh, the ursa style decks but not really playing ursa they're just jamming the draw two spells the thought monitors and thought casts having having wish for collector roof is just brutal so yeah it's it's a it's a really fun list i've i have tried it a bit and i do think that it it can really pack a punch but i'm, I'm still on the fence all right what about you victor how's your thoughts about deck choice yeah i am uh, currently weighing back and forth with the two decks that I have basically the most experience and uh, success with, which are Black Red Reanimator and uh, Death and Taxes, if so, probably in the Yorion iteration, because the Yorion iteration feels like it has... I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards Yorion if I choose Death and Taxes, because I think it just has answers to the... I mean, the metagame isn't sort of diverse per se, Within the slightly monochrome meta that we have right now, there are a diversity of threats that you need to account for, even though the deck choices aren't sort of that many. You need to be able to answer different strategies within that sort of limited metagame that we perhaps are having right now. And in that case, I like Yorion better because it gives me more options. Black Red Reanimator I would choose mainly because if you can metagame your sideboard properly that deck can win i think more or less anything but it really depends on how many counter spells are people gonna play what type of graveyard hate are people gonna play what type of combo hate are people gonna play if you build your sideboard wrong you win game one and you lose game two and three in 
65% of your matches just because you have a bad sideboard or the wrong sideboard. I think that in, in one sense, maybe uh, the field is really good for Black Red Reanimator. If, if a lot of people are relying on endurance to, to beat graveyard strategies, uh, you can just thought seize it, right? Uh, it's, it's quite the easy card to beat. And, and also that a lot of the Delver decks and Control decks have been cutting down on the Force of Negations in the main. Just, just uh, like a year ago, there was like seven forces in, in a Control deck and six forces in a Delver deck, something like that. And now it's more like four to five forces. So Yeah, you really needed to stick that, Oro, no, that Oko and con- countering your opponent's Oko. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so maybe the field is really good for Black Red Reanimator and uh, less problematic cards. I mean, like the the hate pieces that people are going to play now are more uh, chosen to, to beat Doomsday, like Meddling Mage, which, I mean, which of the reanimation spell are they going to name, going to draw the other one, so... I actually I actually really like uh, playing Death and Taxes at, at this event. I just have a, a feeling... Uh, that uh, it's going to be a really good deck choice for the for the weekend. I think it's one of those decks, you know, we always talk about, you know, how it's a good deck to get into the format, you know, no reserve list cards and, you know, stuff like that. And it has a really high ceiling of, uh, you know, play skill. And I think it's one of those decks that it, it always shows up, but I, I'm not really sure if people ever think that they will get beaten by it. And more often than not, they do get beaten by it. I think Death and Taxes is an extremely good choice for for the Swedish nationals, actually. Yeah, and the thing with Death and Taxes as well is that you could build, as we've seen a couple of people do in, in some recent tournaments, some, per, some person played a straight 60-card Death and Taxes with two copies of Tomic Distinguished Advocate uh, and just crushed a tournament. Yeah, you... yeah and it's like... In Sweden, a lot of people like to play lands. If if I was to envision sort of facing a large chunk of lands, of course I would sleeve up a 60-card double Tomic deck. That would be fantastic. <laughs> That's not fair. But again, Death and Taxes without Tomic against lands is probably just like you lose 25% of your win chance or something by just not playing this one extremely good card. So, um, I mean, in that sense, it's the same as with the... Uh, the Black Red Animator sideboard, you can build on taxes to adapt itself to sort of so many different metagames. And you can go horribly wrong or completely on the on the nail. I mean, so you see some Black Red Reanimator decks recently have gained success by completely omitting the otherwise obligatory Bayou to play Reverend Silence from the sideboard and just playing copies of Wear, Tear and other sort of mirror-esque uh, graveyard hate pieces and doing really well uh, by doing that because no one plays Leyline anymore, apparently. Then again, if you play someone who plays Leyline and you don't have access to Reverend Silence, it's just like, ah, uh, you have to wait until you draw one of these Wear Tear or Serenity spells and you can sort of get way behind by doing that. They can set up something else like a Scavenging Goose or whatever. I don't know. So it's like, it's um, again, like you can go really wrong with a, a BR Redimator sideboard. You can go completely on the nail. I guess my decision between these two decks is if I am confident in my 60-80 sideboard card uh, decisions, which deck, whichever deck I'm most comfortable with, I will probably bring. Yeah, I have only one thing to say about the Reverend Silence, and that's 
goodbye you. And that is all we have this week. <laughs> if you have enjoyed yourselves and want to help us grow and keep going, do consider recommending us to a friend. Uh, you can also give us a high rating in a podcasting app somewhere. It helps people find us. And on that note, uh, we've checked our statistics a bit, and it seems as if about half of our listeners are from Sweden, the other half from the rest of the world. And we just love connecting with all of you. Hello, fans of Paper Legacy. You are all amazing. If some of you wants to reach out to us on social media where can we be found robin you can find me on facebook and uh, on reddit and other places i'm going under the name jackabo and you can find me on twitter at monolith mtg and you can find me on twitter as disco drogo and that is the end of the 21st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robin Svensson and Anker Wikström. Our amazing music is written by Frönes. You should check them out on Spotify. Until next time, practice your fist bumps and your drum rolls. <laughs>